Just give us one hour, and we'll help you change the way you think about happiness. Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen is a fresh talk radio approach promoting happiness from the inside out. Happiness is a choice, and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Each week, Lisa shines her light on well-being and global human flourishing by presenting a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. As a filmmaker, positive psychology coach, author, professor, and change agent specializing in the field of happiness, Lisa Cybers Kamen is widely recognized as an expert in the field. On the show, she also focuses on military families and service personnel returning with PTSD, traumatic brain injury, and other post-deployment civilian life reintegration issues. So, let's spend some time getting to the heart of the matter on Harvesting Happiness on toginet.com. And now, here's your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Good afternoon and good evening wherever you are. Welcome to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio, where we explore the very serious business of happiness, sustainable well-being, and human flourishing. We are not talking about the annoying yellow smiley face. No, no, no. We are talking about something much deeper and critical to the success of humanity. Authentic happiness is not selfish, egotistical, or narcissistic. In fact, it is essential in order for humankind to thrive. Sustainable happiness is important because it not only elevates our own well-being locally, but also contributes to collective global flourishing. The achievement of a happy life is not only positively good for us, it is constructively good for those around us. In short, happiness matters. It comes from the heart, and this show is all about the heart. Before we bring on our guest today, I invite you to join our conversation live by calling in at 877-864-4869. Again, that's 877-864-4869, or you can communicate out with us through Twitter by tweeting at us at the hashtag HarvestingHappiness. All right, let's get to the show. Um, On this show, while we explore happiness and well-being, it is really through subjects that are not always happy that we come to the silver lining or learn to transform or grow from these experiences. And today's show's Today's show has one of those focuses. Um, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and today we are devoting the hour to speaking with three people who have devoted their lives to making the world a better place in which to live through their passions that are about serving women who have breast cancer, women and men. And my first guest is Dr. Parba. He is the head of Parba Plastic Surgery in Northern Virginia. He specializes in reconstructive and cosmetic breast care focused on the individual needs of his patients. His goal is restorative breast surgery to establish a woman's sense of wholeness and self-confidence. Good morning, Dr. Parva. Thank you for being with us. Good morning, Lisa, and good morning to all your listeners. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. This is a very serious subject, um, and I want to give our listeners just the quick uh, bird's eye view of the technical process of finding and diagnosing breast cancer, and not just women, but men as well. Well, still, the the standard is to take a, really a multi-factorial approach as far as mammography and self-exam, and those really are looking for two different aspects of locating a tumor. 
So mammograms are still recommended starting at the age of 40. And then doing both a clinical breast exam, which uh, most women will have that with their gynecologist, and then also continuing with their self-exams as well. And the journey, once someone finds the, the uh-oh proverbial lump that freaks us all out, and I've been there myself, mm-hmm. what happens? Well, I think that the best approach is to first get in the hands of a breast specialist, a breast surgeon. And um, generally, that is someone who is going to follow up, uh, review mammograms, do the exam, and if indicated, doing a biopsy. And then they will be the captain of the ship, really, and going from there in a team approach to give that patient the best treatment possible. I like what you just said about the team approach to treatment because breast cancer, or any cancer for that matter, any physical uh, challenge, also has uh, an emotional component, a psychological component that must be dealt with in a holistic fashion in order to help the patient heal and move on with his or her life. Exactly. That, that is critical, and I think that the team approach uh, really addresses that because, as you said, it's both emotional as well as physical. It's not just taking care of that tumor itself, but addressing the emotional needs and also giving that person the opportunity to be involved in the team, be an active participant in the team, and having the optimal care that they can get. For instance, in breast reconstruction, which is what I specialize in, uh, it's interesting that over 70% of women still are not really informed that breast reconstruction can really play a significant role in their treatment. So when we take a team approach, you really have at a minimum, for instance, a breast surgeon, an oncologist, a reconstructive surgeon, and then the other physicians on the team may include the radiologist, pathologist, but of course, a geneticist these days, and a counselor and physical therapist. So really, the team approach is the best way for someone to get the holistic treatment they really need. And I want to also add something about the psychological impact of the team approach in helping somebody become well, that when you know that you are surrounded and supported by medical experts, emotional experts, and there is a team that is supporting you through the process, it cannot but help contribute to the healing process. Yes, there's the clinical aspects of healing, but then there are all these um, uh, invisible ones as well. Exactly, and um, obviously the the family support is critical, but I think the medical team can not only be there supportively in a a loving and caring way and with information that actually will empower that individual, but as, as you said, it's a devastating news to get that, but as you're sifting through the information, at each point when you're able to make a knowledgeable decision, you feel as though you are starting to conquer that situation and and gain control of something that just came out of left field and you really didn't expect. So the team can really help to do that, both from an emotional and physical standpoint. Let's talk for a little bit about the process of breast augmentation and or reconstructive surgery, because there are a few methods available today that everybody may not be aware of. Exactly. I I think, for one thing, when a breast um, cancer diagnosis is made, um, as I was inferring, I think it's important for... Oh, 
Oh, Dr. Parva, I think we are headed to the break. No need to be sorry. Okay. We'll be right back, and we'll we'll have you on for a couple minutes more when we return. Okay, great. Thank you. Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. Happiness now, eight keys to unlocking a joyful life. Available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Are you or do you know a returning U.S. military man or woman in need of restoring joy in their lives? Did you know that our nonprofit, Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, offers stigma-free combat trauma and post-deployment reintegration programming? Check us out at www.hh4heroes.org. That's HH, the number four, and heroes.org. Happiness is an inside job. Wear the message on T-shirts, baseball caps, sterling silver designer jewelry, and more. Please visit our online boutique at www.harvestinghappiness.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Welcome back. If you're just joining us now, we are having a very serious discussion today about breast cancer and breast cancer awareness month. Uh, My guest is Dr. Parva, who is the head of Parva Plastic Surgery in Northern Virginia. After the break, we began a conversation about the uh, different processes of breast augmentation and and or reconstructive surgery. And very quickly, Dr. Parva, I want to just wrap up. There is there are the traditional um, methods where there would be the radical mastectomy and then there would be reconstructive surgery through augmentation, through implants. But there is another method, the autologous uh, breast, uh, the breast reconstruction. I'd love for you to talk about that because people are not always aware of this as an option. Exactly. Well, typically if, if there is a mastectomy, and we're not touching on lumpectomy right now, but with mastectomy, um, a woman does have an option of going with an implant reconstruction versus autologous that you refer to, which is use of their own tissues, often the lower abdominal skin or sometimes skin from the back. And that's an attempt to use much of their skin, in some cases without the assistance of an implant or sometimes with an implant as well. Um, so a lot, of that, a lot of that depends on individual's lifestyle and uh, their medical situation in some cases. But that's another aspect of the individualized care in helping a woman process the mastectomy itself and what is going to be the best reconstructive option for her. And you mentioned lumpectomy, which is a, a, a more popular procedure today than it has been in the past because the research has shown that uh, the survival rate of a lumpectomy is as good as, in, in many cases, as uh, taking the breast, which was once thought to be the only way of, of treating breast cancer. Correct. And um, 
the uh, lumpectomy is, is often paired with radiation, and that's when you're doing what's considered a breast conservation treatment. It is, it is critical, and that's one example where a, an individual should talk to a plastic surgeon because one way we've evolved is if a reconstructive surgeon is involved at the time of lumpectomy, you can actually reshape the breast prior to radiation and actually give a woman a much better outcome than if you just do the lumpectomy and have radiation, which can actually have some significant effects on the final shape of the breast itself. Wow, I, did, I didn't know that. That is, that is great information. And finally, I want to just touch upon the impact of reconstructive surgery on the lives of the survivors. I mean, I have a very, very good friend who her sister died of breast cancer, her mother died of breast cancer, she did prophylactic removal of both breasts. She has a daughter that also removed her own breasts and her ovaries and her uterus because it was so prevalent in the family. She had this autologous breast reconstruction, have, had a beautiful outcome, I mean, really stunning outcome, and it did change her life. Well, I think what you touched on is the fact that really um, studies have shown that there's a high satisfaction rate of up to 95%. And so much of the reconstruction that we can do these days can really give someone a, a tremendous uh, result. And again, the whole goal again of bringing a sense of wholeness to them, restoring their sense of, of victory over the disease, and really fighting against what has tried to rob them of their own peace and happiness. Mm, beautifully said. Dr. Carbo, we have run out of time, and I thank you for being with us, and I hope you'll return again because we will continue to focus on this every year as it's well, an important factor in the lives of, of all of us women and, exactly. and, and men. <laughs> and I appreciate you bringing, bringing this to light and really talking about this in front of your audience. I, I think that's a very important point. Thank you. Oh, well, th thank you. And to learn more about Dr. Parva, you can go to parvaplasticsurgery.com. Again, that's parva, P-A-R-V-A, plasticsurgery.com. On Twitter, the handle is at parvaplastic. And on Facebook, parvaplasticsurgery. We are going to quickly bring on our next guest, and then she will gracefully take us to break. We have Melissa Ballman Jenkins with us. Melissa is a trained clinical psychologist and uh, in psychology and medicine in the United States and Germany. She is a writer, publisher of research studies on cancer patients and their quality of life issues. As the community manager for breastcancer.org, Melissa responds to and connects with the community of women and their loved ones who use the site. Good morning, Melissa. Do we have Melissa with us? We don't have Melissa with us. Dr. Parva, are you still with us? Dr. Parva is not with us either. All right. Well, then I will just carry on the show uh, and take us to break gracefully here. I'm, I'm sorry that we lost Dr. Parva so early. I thought we had our guest here. Oh, Do we here have... I am. Oh, here you are. We're well, really happy <laughs> to have you here, glitch. Melissa. That's okay. We A little are technical riding... error. We are riding the magic carpet of glitches today. <laughs> All right, that's the way it goes. That's the way it rolls today. Let's talk about the role of support organizations in a breast cancer diagnosis. I mean, for, for many of us, this is the worst nightmare come true to get the diagnosis. Indeed it is. Uh, it is a very scary diagnosis. When a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer, she often needs 
Um, well, she relies on her medical team and her network of family and friends, but everyone has a different level of support in their lives. So what's very important is to have support organizations, for example, breastcancer.org, to show that this woman is unique, special, and she is not alone. Um, she has needs related to waiting for test results, processing her diagnosis, what it means to her, and ultimately deciding on what the treatment is that she finds best for her situation. And many mm -hmm. start out with incredible disbelief, um, emotional needs that are from fear, I'm going to die, to how do I, how could this have happened to me? And then she needs help to translate all the complex information that is coming in at her from all different medical teams. Um, and then, of course, when she does start her treatment or he starts his treatment, they, the experiences of side effects like hair loss and loss of libido and there's weight gain, changes in the relationships that they have. And the most wonderful part of our community for this woman is, her, is access. The woman, um, the community never goes away. It's always there, and it never turns off at any time that this woman needs us. It might be 3.30 in the morning. We're there and can support her through um, the process of waiting, the process of diagnosis, and then ultimately through the, the treatment. You bring up a very good point about being there at 3.30 in the morning because oftentimes that's when the terror strikes, when the house Absolutely. is quiet, you know, and that the family is sleeping and the reality, the enormity of the diagnosis kicks in and the fear of dying, the fear of leaving the children. Oh, yeah, it's, yes. It is, uh, and to be able to support that for your organization, to support that, and is that on a hotline kind of basis? Uh, a cyber community? How do you Well, do we that? have a cyber community. The breastcancer.org uh, has a 24-7, I guess you could call it, online community where you can post and get answers. And because it's such a large community, you're pretty much guaranteed to get an answer quickly. Um, so if a woman is up, let's say, at 3.30 in the morning, there are we have something called forums, so different groups. And, in fact, there is a very, very popular group called the Insomniacs. And because <laughs> it's the world, it, this, we, we reach pe people from around the world. Um, of course, insomnia is at different times. <laughs> so it's pretty active. If you're on the east coast of the United States or if you're in Australia, there are, there's insomniacs every, uh, all the time. So, um, yeah, so we're trying to be there for the emotional journey of everyone at any different time. This is, this is phenomenal, and I urge our listeners who are going through something like this or somebody in their family is going through this to, to share breastcancer.org with them and allow them to come into the space and, and connect. Um, let's talk about, we're going to go to break in about a minute, so we have a quick, quick thing, that the process of accepting the diagnosis, you get the call. Well, since everyone is so different to start with, there's really no one-size-fits-all approach. There's a number of person, your personality weighs into how you accept this diagnosis. And there's a number of decisions that a person has to make, and it can feel like a roller coaster for some. Most want validation through the process. They want to know that they're not alone. 
they look to content and research news from breastcancer.org. They look for peer support, and they may experience depression and anxiety and need and look for certain coping skills. And they also look and process answers to the most pressing questions very differently about breast cancer. Um, one thing that's exciting about breastcancer.org is we've been around for about 13 years. Women, some women or people have been part of our community for 10, more than 10 years, and they celebrate their joys and their triumphs and laugh and cry together, and they encourage the new ones coming in. And this can be a very inspiring message of hope for a person who's just been given a diagnosis. Well, thank you for sharing this. We are going to be going to a break, and I want to make sure we give all the contact information out for breastcancer.org. And when we come back, we will carry on the conversation. But on Twitter, the handle is breastcancer.org. On Facebook, it is breastcancer.org. And the website, of course, is www.breastcancer.org. You're listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with Lisa Cypress-Hayman. And my guests today are Dr. Parva from Parva Plastic Surgery in Northern Virginia, and we have Melissa Ballman-Jenkins from BreastCancer.org, and when we come back, we'll carry on the conversation. And I believe these tunes are coming. We are operating uh, by the seat of our pants today. <laughs> we know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. Like what you hear on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio? Subscribe to us on iTunes and get your weekly dose of joy downloaded free and easily to your computer or portable device. That's Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio on iTunes. likes to win, enter our weekly contests at Harvesting Happiness on Facebook where we give away our guests' books, music, film, and products each week. In addition, we also do great Harvesting Happiness giveaways like free coaching sessions with Lisa Cypress-Kamen, Lisa's Books, Happiness First Aid Kits, H-Factor Where Is Your Heart documentary film, Happiness is an inside job products, including the Sterling Silver Infinity Bracelet that benefit Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, a nonprofit whose mission is to assist our returning military personnel and their loved ones challenged by combat trauma and other post-deployment reintegration issues. Join us at Harvesting Happiness on Facebook. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress came and has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life, available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com.
Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen. Welcome back. If you're just joining us now, I urge you to download the podcast of this show. We are talking about breast cancer awareness in Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And my guest on the air right now is Melissa Ballman Jenkins. She is the community manager for breastcancer.org. And breastcancer.org is a support organization that helps women, men, their families who are going through the breast cancer diagnosis and treatment process gain knowledge, support, and help in their healing journey. Melissa, prior to the break, we were talking about the Insomniacs, the online support group that is accessible 24-7 around the globe for people who have sort of those night hairs, oh, my God, what is happening to me? Um, And I would love for you to talk more about the psychological challenges of breast cancer and perhaps share a story from your community about the impact this programming has. Sure, absolutely. Um, Well, our community really is a friend. Well, let me just say this. Breastcancer.org has content as well. We have over 6,000 pages of medical information posted on our web. And um, with the help of of a whole professional advisory committee of physicians and experts. So I want to say that. Plus, we have this online community where we are – really try to be a friend to anyone who's affected by breast cancer so that they know that they're not facing the disease alone. We are, we're never too tired to listen to the story and hearing it over and over again, and we are the place where you can express your emotions without judgment at any time of the day or morning, and we're the friend that welcomes your honesty no matter how, how embarrassing or how important or scary the topic is and that reminds each person that they're not alone. We have have currently more than 130,000 members, and that's more than 130,000 stories. Trust me, there's a lot of sharing 24-7, and for the last, um, well, I would say about 11 years now. And interestingly, we've noticed that friendships build and they stay together over many, many years throughout their lifetime, really, and they see themselves through every aspect from waiting for the tests to processing the diagnosis, going through the treatment, and well, well beyond their treatment. Um, Some of these women actually even meet in person and form bonds that truly last a lifetime. Women from around the world have met, from in Australia, Canada, France, Germany, you name it, Uh, One popular group met last week in Las Vegas. It was their fifth year meeting, and every year the group grows. This year they had a little over 60 members meet together then with their family members. So the global impact is huge and um, allows each person to really find their place in the community, whether they're a person going through the treatment or if they're a family member or a friend, partner, there's a place really for everybody. Well, what comes to mind when you just shared this about the same group that is meeting for five years is the, uh, the uh, survival rate 
or the thrival rate of breast cancer, what was once considered a frightening death sentence style diagnosis perhaps 30 years ago, 40 years ago, the survival rate and the quality of life that men and women are experiencing today because of modern medicine is astounding. Indeed it is. Indeed it is. And I think that's what we need to really focus on in the world of breast, breast cancer awareness, support, and treatment is that the, uh, the odds are in our favor. The odds are indeed in our favor. We're living longer. The treatments are getting better. Women are, and uh, men are both getting diagnosed earlier and therefore having oftentimes a better starting diagnosis and they need support through that entire process. And um, another thing I wanted to mention is that we're also there, not only are we an international uh, or, you know. <laughs> Go ahead, Melissa. Just uh, ride okay. the carpet with me. I <laughs> That's okay. Should I finish Let's what I'm you can absolutely finish. You and I okay. are going nowhere. We are together here. <laughs> We're together. I was going to say that it really often... Um, Keep going. Don't oh, even it worry about will it. will often depend on when a person has been diagnosed. We get many young women under 30 or around 30 who have been diagnosed, and they're filled with complete disbelief. They they're worried about fertility. How long am I going to live? Will I have kids? Will I be able to see them grow up? And can I live out my dreams? And then we have women who are much older, 60 plus, plus, plus. And when they're diagnosed, of course, their reality is different. And they, it's likely that they've had children already. They may be thinking about their retirement. And um, therefore, the support and the questions that she needs answered may vary quite a bit. Mm. Indeed, and, and, and the impact on uh, family members. You know, the, and the, the impact on family members. I was just reading about a young woman who was 29 who was diagnosed two weeks before her wedding and thought, what? You know, this is very different. This has a very different look, and the questions are very different, and the support she's going to need is, and the partners will need is very different than a person who may be much older and has experienced a lot of other things in their lives. How long have you been working with BreastCancer.org? Uh, 13 years. Wow. And I'm yes, sure you've seen the, the evolution from inception. We, we, from we inception, actually, wow. Since pre-inception. <laughs> <laughs> so we, with the idea, correct. With Dr. Weiss, Marisa Weiss uh, is our founder, and she started really forming this organization um, about 13 years ago. And the online community, we started 11 years ago. And it's been well, really exciting, and we feel honored to be a part of all these stories of these, of these families. Well, this is a beautiful, beautiful service work, and, and, and so needed. And, I, and needed in a way that it may not always be related to breast cancer. You know, somebody can find a lump and... Uh, in that in-between, that waiting place, yes. and receive comfort by what you have to offer as well. That's because right. We, in fact, have a forum just for this group of people, waiting, concerned. How can I stand it? I have to wait all weekend for test results. 
and everybody shares in their concerns, and they really get support regardless of what the outcome is, if it is cancer or if it's not. Everybody's happy when it's not and celebrates together, but they're also there to pick her up if it is breast cancer. And the majority of breast lumps, I, I, I want to add, are benign. So that of is correct. The, uh, of the you know, tens of thousands of diagnoses that are, there are uh, each year, and I don't know what the ex- exact statistics are, you have to realize that there's probably 90% more lumps that are being found, and those families that are affected by that, the care and the waiting and, and the uh, diagnosis process. That's right. That's exactly right. And, of course, if a woman has a history in her family or is carrying the gene or has seen it in a close relative or another, a friend, they are going to process that finding much differently and um, versus somebody who has never even thought of breast cancer. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's, a, it's a quite uh, an interesting Road to hoe, as they say. It surely is. It's a journey, and each person's journey is very unique. Uh, unique. And we want to make sure that their journey is that they're not alone and that they know they're not alone and that there's a lot of people who are rooting for them. The, the, the process of being alone when going through the diagnosis and treatment of any uh, medical challenge or any life challenge at all can be very, very, very scary. And exactly. it's very important that we reach out to one another, that we create community, that places like yours, um, you know, virtual homes exist all around the world, available on a 24-7 basis to allow people a place to come to and yeah. feel heard and understood. It's, it's, it's critical. And I, I, I'm so grateful that we had you on the show and we've come to well, know thank what, you. You, what you do. And I want to give all of your contact information out to make sure that they know where they, our fabulous listeners, know where to find you. <laughs> and that is at www.breastcancer.org. On Twitter, the handle is breast cancer.org and on Facebook the uh, uh, handle is breastcancer.org as well and I don't know if we have our our next guest in the background can tell me yay or nay but um, our next guest and I'll lead into him and then we may just go into break and bring him on afterwards is Antoine Dunn. Antoine Dunn is a singer, songwriter and producer after losing his mother to breast cancer and singing at her funeral, there was a moment that changed his whole perspective on how precious and fragile life can be. His time with his mom was inspired by a single that he wrote and created, and it's his way of giving back to her support that she gave to him throughout his lifetime. And we are going to go to a break, and we will bring him back on and play a portion of this song during the final segment But I want to finally um, say once again thank you to my guest, uh, Melissa Ballman-Jenkins of BreastCancer.org, and my prior guest, Dr. Parva of Parva Plastic Surgery in Northern Virginia. And I don't know where we are in time or space on the radio because live radio is kind of a wild card, especially when there's a power outage on one end, and that would be mine today. So I'm just going to talk until I get cut off, which I I think is going to be very soon. Um, next week, we are having Michael Russell and Bonnie Gale on the show, and the focus is sexuality. 
the sexuality perhaps from a little bit of the titillating, juicy, fun place, but also from a challenging place. What happens when things go wrong, when we have medical treatments that uh, render us sexually challenged? So stay tuned for that next week. Here come the tunes. We'll be right back, and we will uh, bring on Antoine Dunn when we return. I'm going to just uh, read to you a little something that I usually do at the close, and we're going to be out of time, so I'm at the close, so I'm going to do it now, and that is that happiness is not a destination. It cannot be bought, sold, or traded. Happiness will never invite you to the party. Happiness simply comes down to a choice to show up each and every day in the world with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. And I wish everybody, every day that they go out in the world with kind thoughts, kinder words, and the kindest of actions. The break is coming. When we return, we will have our guest, our final guest of this hour, Antoine Dunn, join us and share his beautiful music and story about himself and his mom. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. A stolen car and a broken heart is all I have to show. For this part of my life And I've tried to stay But I've gone too far From you it's like I don't even know you it's like Every time that I try to revive What love that was dead once before And it's just not enough I Feel like I'm running out of time And I don't even know what's next Don't know if you'll be here Don't know if I'll regret Feels like I'm running out of time May not even know my name Or if I'll ever be the same If you are not here one day so please take me out of time, me out of space, me out of everything that I am. my loss because it's far because it's hard because it's not easy and who's to say I'm the one to say I'll return to you one day but I know that I need to Every time that I try to remind you that I never left you, though I'm not by your side, I say I feel like I'm running out of time. 
me out of space and everything that I am. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen. Welcome back to a wild day at the radio ranch here. You know, um, we're, we are riding the magic carpet in the ethers with uh, a few little technical difficulties. And I'm back with Antoine Dunn, and you just heard the beautiful piece that he created um, with inspiration of, from his mom. It's called I Am. Antoine, good morning. Thanks for being here. Morning. I'm glad to be here. How are you? Well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm great. I am so glad to be here, too, but I'm, I'm a little rattled that I'm taken out of my usual graceful place with this show, but, you know, that's life, right? we got to roll with it. Yeah, we got to ride these magic carpets sometimes, just sometimes. <laughs> just sometimes, <laughs> absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about your story from from a personal male perspective. We had Dr. Parva on who was talking about the clinical reconstructive aspects of breast cancer. We had Melissa on talking about the support aspect. But here you are, a son his mom has gone through this and was lost to breast cancer. And I'm wondering if you can share with us this, the, the, the process of your experience and how it impacted and influenced your life to who you have chosen to become. Wow. Um, well, that's, that's a story that has uh, multiple stages. I, I think when, uh, when you were my age and you were learning about a, a parent who may have had a, a particular illness or something that they're going through. Um, initially, you know, you kind of don't understand um, how how serious um, it might be. You know, when your dad says, oh, man, you know, I'm taking mom to the doctor and mom's doing chemotherapy or something. Like, you know, you kind of don't really know. It's not as real for you um, because at the end of the day, I mean, I'm, I was still seeing my mom every day. Um, if that makes if that makes any sense, and um, it's kind of not until you get older and and you start seeing uh, people who have been lost uh, from breast cancer or from a particular illness, and and you start hearing their story, and uh, at that point you start to realize just how lucky you know you are to still have that loved one in your life. Um, and then furthermore, what it does, it, it just kind of really opens you up um, for understanding uh, the full scope of, of how much of an inspiration people who go through these tumultuous situations and who are diagnosed with illnesses um, are. Uh, my mom was, I want to say, you know, the biggest inspiration of, of my life because I can't remember a time where... Um, I ever heard her complain, and and it's interesting, you know, when I'm listening to, you know, harvesting happiness and and how um, it says that uh, uh, just in, in your um, in your recording there it says that happiness it's a choice, 
you know, it's a choice. And and um, one thing that I that I learned definitely from from my mom is that it it, it was uh, in essence a choice because when you go through things like uh, breast cancer or, or any anything else uh, like that, it, it can be very easy to just give up. It can be very easy to say, okay, I don't I don't have any reason to to be happy anymore or why, why, why. Um, so to consciously wake up and, and have the decision to be happy and to not only be happy but to motivate other others and inspire others um, was a story that, that uh, was encompassed by my mother. And uh, it, it was just nothing short of amazing to, to see her story and her legacy as it unfolded. Uh, how old were you when she was diagnosed? I'm sorry, can you repeat the question? Yes, how old were you when she was diagnosed? I want to say I was probably like 10, 10 or, or 11 years old. Young, a young boy. And, 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 and how long was she challenged with uh, the disease and her treatment? Uh, about 14, 14 years. Wow. 14 years off, off and on, so... You know, I'm sure you're familiar with breast cancer, and then anyone who fights uh, breast cancer that long, I'm sure you know kind of everything that that entails. And uh, she was a champ, <laughs> to say the least. Wow. Yes. I mean, I didn't, I didn't realize that um, it, 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 she had fought for so many years, and I think that this is a testimony to to her spirit and her legacy and to what you witnessed and how it shaped you as a songwriter and the beautiful mm-hmm. lyrics that come from you that are inspired by her. And I think that there is be- such beauty in that. And let's talk a little bit about your songwriting and the ways that you are touched by, by her, not just the breast cancer, but who, who she was and who she is as a person and as your mother and how that uh, uh, affects your life day to day. Yeah, um, I mean, my, my mom was the, the type of person who, you know, she she was always giving. Um, and when it when it when it comes to my music, uh, there's a a direct correlation there because, you know, someone may listen to a song and they say, "Oh, God, I can really feel this song," or. Or, uh, you know, this song, it, you know, I, could, I couldn't have said that better myself. And and it's uh, one thing that I learned from my mom was just, like, it's okay to be vulnerable. You know, it's it's okay. And sometimes you have to be vulnerable to be able to grow. Um, so, you know, when, when I'm writing, there's a lot of vulnerability. Um, I, I tend to write, you know, uh, biographically or autobiographically. So these are... These are true stories. You know, I find it incredibly hard to to sit down and, and to write a song um, that isn't true or that, or that doesn't hold true in some way, shape, or form to something that I may have gone through or someone that I'm very close to has gone through in, the, in their life. Um, and, and I think that when you approach music and you approach art, from a standpoint of uh, vulnerability, vulnerability, I'm sorry, and from artistic purity, that you can kind of you can kind of never go wrong. And and I think that with the song, I am, um, and and being able to draw from everything that I was going through, 
uh, with, with, with knowing that my mom would be passing uh, really allowed me to connect with uh, other music lovers um, and other people who are affected by uh, breast cancer all around the world. Uh, we are almost out of time, so we've got to, we've got a couple more points that I want to talk about. And one is the recent concert to raise awareness for breast cancer. You played at a concert where you debuted I Am, and I want to find out how that was for you to officially marry the music with the cause and, and in tribute to your mom. Wow. Uh that that concert was was amazing. Uh, it was in my hometown of Cleveland, Ohio, um, and actually, uh, I actually I presented an award in my mother's name, and that was the Janet Dunn Community Leadership um, Award, and and this is a, an award that I plan to to give out every year to a community leader um, who has been instrumental in the, in the breast cancer awareness community um and this first year i presented that award to uh jerry blair who is the uh director of an organization here in cleveland called minority women with breast cancer uniting organization um and that was that was a great feeling just just to be able to uh to uh present an award in, in honor of my mother's legacy and in honor of of the legacy of, of this organization and what they've been able to do in the uh, city of Cleveland for uh, minorities with breast cancer, which is uh, and, amazing. Antoine, I am so sorry. We are, are running out of time, and I want to make sure that I give everybody the information. And we are going to uh, close out this hour with the song I Am. Antoine Dunn can be found at IamAntoineDunn.com. IamAntoineDunn, that's D-U-N-N.com. On Twitter, he is at Antoine Dunn. And on Facebook, Antoine Dunn. And the song that you are going to hear, which you heard when we came into this segment, is entitled I Am. So to learn more about Antoine Dunn, his mom, and the, the beautiful legacy that she is, has left behind, uh, you can go to his website and learn more. And thank you for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. Remember, happiness is an inside job. Happiness is your inside job. And enjoy the beautiful music of Antoine Dunn as we part. A stolen car and a broken heart Is all I have to show For this part of my life And I've tried to stay but I've gone too far From you it's like I don't even know you it's like Every time that I try to revive one love that was there once before And it's just not enough I, I feel like I'm running out of time And I don't even know what's next Don't know if you'll be here Don't know if I'll regret Feels like I'm running out of time May not even know my name Or if I'll ever be the same If you were not here one day So please take me out of time Me out of space 
is my loss because it's far Because it's hard Because it's not easy And who's to say I'm the one to say I'll return to you one day But I know that I need to Every time that I try to remind you that I never left you Though I'm not by your side I Say I Feel like I'm running out of time And I don't even know what's next Don't know if you'll be here Don't know if I'll be where Feels like I'm running out of time May not even know my name Or I'll ever be the same If you were not here one day Everything that I